0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 58, and on episode 58, we are going to preview the college basketball season. And in order to do so, we're going to have a reoccurring guest come on. You can find him on Barstool Sports as their lead college basketball writer. He's on Twitter at Barstool Regs. He also is a co-host on the Fundamentally Sound podcast with Ben Burst. Tons of good stuff going there. Regs, how are we doing tonight?
2: Good, man. Just watching the uh, the end of this Minnesota Providence game getting ready, and a couple TVs actually going on. Michigan, Central Michigan's a good one. So just getting ready in the, the swing of the season, obviously.
1: So with this little kind of preseason slash it does count early season, how's the how's the first few days going for you? Anything really shocking besides, like, Indiana just looking horrific? Uh,
2: I mean, nothing, sh- like, overly shocking just because it's tough to, like, we haven't seen a lot of great games yet either. Like this this week, really, we start to see good games. And then to me, next week is really when it's easy to start, at least for me, easy to start picking games and, and, and finding who you know, what the mismatches are, what the advantages are. Uh, like I always do super well from a betting standpoint during uh, the holiday tournaments like Maui, Battle for Atlantis. I don't know why, but I just like, that's when it all kind of clicks. Just see each team like three times. There's usually one decent game that they have played. But, um, yeah, I mean, nothing shocking. Like, everyone's – I mean, the one thing that everyone point at, and it's true, is the the fact that A&M beat West Virginia by, you know, 30
1: being very short shorthanded. Yeah, they beat them down pretty good, surprisingly. Uh, you mentioned those, like, Maui and Atlantis and everything. What's your favorite holiday tournament? Like, I've always been a Maui guy just because it's – it's always been the one,
2: but like Battle for Atlantis has been better the last couple of years in Maui in terms of just, and it's all luck because, you know, you schedule a little bit out in advance. You don't really know. And they've just gotten lucky that they've had kind of better teams that year uh, end up there. But I mean, this year, the PK 80 is going to be really fun to watch just because that's a, a new one. And, you know, obviously a ton of big names there. Um, so, I mean, but it's still like, I don't know. There's just something about Maui and like, like the competition's kind of been down in Maui, but it's still like, you know, that. That two o'clock start, you know, it's just it's always just it's always just been the one.
1: Yeah, it's like in a small gym, so it kind of gives you that little high school yeah. at like atmosphere. It's something about it. It's it is totally different. Um all right. Let's get into the season preview. Every year there's, you know, there's transfers, there's the freshmen, there's, you know, guys that might have been eighth or ninth men on rosters last year. Now they're going to have a big impact. What are some of the new faces, could be new places, same places that we're going to really jump on the scene this year that we really didn't pay attention to in the past? So
2: I'm going to avoid the big ones, obviously. Everybody knows Marvin Bagley, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Mo Bamba, everyone knows those. You know, that's, we'll avoid that. Out in Oregon, there's two. Troy Brown, who's a freshman who's kind of been overlooked in terms of the best freshman in the country. Like he's was the top 15 recruit in all American. They're gonna run the offense through him. He's got the Dylan Brooks in him in the sense of like a you know, he's like a six-seven point forward. Um, now I'm not necessarily comparing his game to Dylan Brooks, but just the fact of you know, it's a bigger guy that they can really run the offense through, and then they have a transfer. Um Elijah Stort from New Mexico, who can just really score. I think he averaged 18 per game last year. So those two guys over there at um, – I'm sorry, Elijah Brown. Elijah Stort's at at USC. Elijah Brown. So those two guys at Oregon are are, are kind of ones to keep an eye on. Um, You know, Michigan, they have two transfers. Charles Matthews from Kentucky, who sat out last year. Um, And then uh, 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 Jaron Simpson, who's a point guard from Ohio University. It's a grad transfer. Again, when you're talking about filling in for, like, Derek Walton – and uh, Zach Irvin, those are two guys, and, and DJ Wilson, those are two guys that kind of step up. I, and I like Michigan this year. Um, some other guys that are, tra- you know, kind of transfers. Um, you know, I, there, there's always some that come up like conference time. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy, like, I forgot about him. You know, a guy like James Daniel at Tennessee, who was the leading scorer like at, when he was at Howard, he's a guy that, you know, uh, will come in, in the SEC and like, he'll be like 12th in the SEC in scoring. And you're like, Where the hell did this guy come from? So it's there's, there's, oh, just don't be surprised when someone like that steps up eventually. But yeah, I think those names are the ones. And then obviously, in terms of like jumps from like eighth to ninth man and and up to someone, again, it's hard to tell this early in the season because you're still trying to figure out rotations. There will be some people like that. Like, you know, like Notre Dame always has a guy like Temple Gibbs, I think, is going to be it this year. They always have a guy that just makes that jump year after year um but you know to me it's out in oregon like i i really like troy brown i think i think they're a little under the radar
1: that's good to hear that they're rebuilding because they didn't have some big boys leave town last year so yeah yeah good to hear um let's get right into the conferences we're gonna hit the big power conferences and sprinkle in some mid-majors after that which as we talked last year even mid-majors aren't quite mid-majors anymore so it's a little different but um, let's kick it off with the ACC. You have your perennial powerhouses, and they're like Duke and Carolina and Louisville and Notre Dame's going to be good, and so on and so forth. Everybody knows these names. Who's the frontrunner in the ACC, in your opinion, this year? I mean, it's Duke. Like anyone
2: who, anyone who says otherwise is just trying to make a bold statement, so if it happens, they can yell, I told you so. But like, if you're not picking Duke to win the ACC right now, you're just trying to, you're just trying to make a take to stand out because they like the, they're the clear best team in the conference. They're the clear and I'm not saying like, you know, you can pick like Miami to to say, "Oh, they're going to win the ACC," but it's because of like conference imbalance schedule or or something like that or say like, "Well, everyone's picking Duke, so I'm going to be a contrarian," but yeah, I mean Duke's the front runner. Like there's a reason they're number 1 in the country. Um and then after them, I, you know, Miami too. Uh I think I think their backcourt of Bruce Brown and Lonnie Walker. Um one of the five best in the country, possibly, um, and Jim Laronega coaching guards, and they have a small ball lineup this year. Jim Laronega coaching guards is one of the best guard coaches in America, um, so I, I like them a lot. I think they're a top ten team. Um, and then after that, it, it's kind of open. Like, you know, I think Louisville still like a third best team in the country. Um, I know they struggled against George Mason and everything going on there, but you know, like this is still a team that everyone kind of had like ten to fifteen before. Brian Bowen committed, and then they were like top, you know, top six, top eight. And then when everything else happened, like they kind of fell back down to the 12 to 20 range. So it's like they're still there. You know, Notre Dame always finishes in the top four. It's just what they do. Uh, So I think that's your top four. Uh, I'm not high in Carolina this year, um, but I think you're looking at, you know, Duke kind of in a tier by itself. And then, um, you know, I'd throw Carolina in that next tier, but I don't necessarily love it. But yeah, Miami. Louisville and, and
1: uh, Notre Dame. Okay. Um, are there, would, who would be your surprise team? I should say, cause there's always, you know, I think in the years past, like Miami kept, you know, hanging around surprising yeah. teams, And now they're going to be set at possibly a top four. If, if one team like made a good run, even if it's just in the ACC tournament, which team wouldn't surprise you if they did it basically?
2: Virginia tech. Um, I think they're still fine. A little under the radar. Um, I know, like a lot of people, kind of picked them fifth or sixth. I think they're, they're, you know, they wouldn't shock me if they make a run in the ACC tournament. They have guys that can really score the ball. Um, they have some NBA talent. They get some guys back, like Chris Clark, that you know that that should help defensively. So, yeah, you know, I like them. You know, I think Buzz Williams is a good coach. Um, so, you know, you are not at a quote coaching disadvantage, um, especially in a, a league that's just deep with good coaches. So, yeah, I think it would not shock me if Virginia
1: Tech does something. Okay. Let's move on to the Big Ten, a conference that is near and dear to my fandom. Uh, Wisconsin, they held on last year, even though got a little interesting for a, a while there. They did what everybody expected them to do. But this year, I think it's much, much tighter. And I don't even think they're the favorites, because I know where you're going with this one. What do you see uh, breaking down in the Big Ten this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like Michigan State is... Yep. It's similar to the ACC. Like Michigan State is the clear number one team in the in the, in the Big Ten, possibly number one team in the country. Um, so it's them, and then and then a jump to everybody else. Um, and I think the second best team in the country in the in the conference is Minnesota, who I'm watching right now. They're up 14 at Providence, and you know I, I they have one of the best defenders in the country in Reggie Lynch. They have. A lot of depth. They have a lot of balance. Like Jordan Murphy can, you know, he scored 35 in the first game. I forget what he's at right now. I haven't looked, but he's at a. He's just absolutely dominated Providence all game. Um, you know, Amir Coffee. They have Isaiah Washington. Nate, you know, Nate Mason is, is a good point guard. I like him to be a little bit more efficient, especially with shooting. But you know, there's to me, it's like it, them at, that too. But again, it's a big jump from Michigan State to this to the next tier.
1: Okay. Um, outside of like your Wisconsin's Michigan state, uh, you mentioned Minnesota, uh, you said Michigan will probably be better with their adjustments. Northwestern made, you know, pushes. Who's one of the, you know, bottom tier teams that could make a run in this, uh, this conference.
2: I'd go Illinois. If you are talking bottom tier, uh, actually I'd go Wisconsin. Cause I think they're kind of bottom tier this year in terms of like, you know, I, I have Wisconsin like seventh or eighth in the conference. Um, Ooh. But you know, if you're if you're throwing them up there, you know you've thrown Maryland up there. Um, I think it's Illinois. I think Brad Underwood's a top 15 coach in America. Again, you're t- speaking of guards. He has three guards to work with, and we've seen what he's done with guards at you know Stephen F. Austin and, and last year with Jawan Evans. Um, you know, he excels there, and he has that with Mark Smith, who is Mr. Basketball in Illinois, uh, Mark Allstock, who is a grad transfer, and. um Tejon Lucas, who's a sophomore. So, yeah, I think, again, it's a long shot, but I think that if you're talking about a a team that, you know, maybe wins two games in the Big Ten tournament or something like that, gets to the semis, I think Illinois has that capability.
1: Cool. Let's go to the SEC, always known as a football conference, but each year they seem to get more and more, you know, talent's coming through there in the yeah. basketball area. And you can tell this year, uh, everything I've been reading and obviously, you know, way more than I do that. It, it's pretty deep this year. So what are we looking at in the sec besides Kentucky as normal?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I don't even think it's like Kentucky as normal this year. Um, it's great to hear. And, and I, and I felt that way, you know, even before the first two games of the season, like, you know, I still pick Kentucky to win it just because I'll roll with the most talent, which is what they have. Um, but, you know, Florida, the, you know, Florida this year is a, a borderline top 10 team. Alabama, assuming Colin Sexton is going to play the entire year, they have enough talent to, to get up there. Texas A&M, we saw what they've done, where what they did to West Virginia, and that was without their starting point guard and without their best player in, in Robert Williams and and J.J. Caldwell. Um, you know, and, and then you get into, like, Arkansas, who is an NCAA tournament team who probably should have beat Honestly, probably should have beat North Carolina last year in that round of thirty-two game. Um, You know, know, they're there this year. Missouri has all this young talent, so it's it's deep, man. Like, I I don't think it's Kentucky and everyone else. I think there's about you know four or five teams that are all kind of very similar. Kentucky's one of them, obviously, but it's a uh, it's deep.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you about Missouri. That's one of the big, you know, talking points and people are doing their previews for the SEC. And I was curious, this young talent you're speaking of, do you think it's young's one thing and talent is one thing? Is it is it good enough talent to actually make a run, basically? I I mean you never know,
2: just because it it's I I hate saying yes, they can make I mean they can make a run, but it's all based on matchups. And like we don't know what that's going to look like until, you know, March. But, you know, there it's there. Like, Michael Porter Jr. can play with anybody in the country. They're deep. You know, Porter Porter's a good player. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Tillens is a good freshman. So, like, yes, it's there. I, you know, can they make a run? I think so. I just, you know, I'm not comfortable saying. There's somewhere between a, a round of 32 team and a second weekend team.
1: Okay. That's good though for their, their age. It's not better. At all. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the Big Twelve, or I should say the Kansas's conference. Um, it's been a year in and year out thing. Even though there's teams that seem to make pushes for it, like they're they're getting so close, and then Kansas still finds a way to step on the gas yeah. and win yet another conference championship. Is this Kansas's year again? Yes. Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's and, and like I. You know, I think it doesn't get talked about enough what they do in the Big Twelve because the last what four years they're playing a round robin schedule, meaning the best team is winning because they're playing everybody home and home. So, you know, West Virginia still going to give them fits like they always do. TCU's improved, but man, I, I liked I liked that Kansas team a lot, especially you know, like you mentioned the back court, get Malik Newman in there. You, you know, you still have Devonte Graham, uh, you know, five mateo Hook, um, mikhail Luke, I should say, and then. You know, yeah, it's
1: Kansas's. Who's the second best team in the Big Twelve?
2: I think it's still West Virginia. Like they get Issa Mod back uh, after the first semester. Javon Carter. Like I'm not. I'm not going to overreact to a game in Germany against a top twenty five team where you know neither teams have full strength or anything like that. So I still think it's. You know, I
1: still think it's. Yeah, um, it's it's still West Virginia. And it's good you said that because we've seen it in college basketball year in and year out that it doesn't really matter how you start. It's how you finish. And if the talent's there, they're going to run it out. And you put a bunch of kids in Germany for an opening game. You never know what you're going to get out of them. So there's a lot to be said about that. Let's go to the AAC. This uh, is a very interesting conference year in and year out. What are we looking at here? In the AAC? It, you know, it's yeah, top-heavy. Right. It, it's Cincinnati and, and Wichita State. Um,
2: you know, that's big that they get Wichita State. Then it's a little bit of a jump to, like, the uh, SMU and UCF. But it's a question mark, man. Like, that middle of the pack is supposedly Im- improved, and then, you know, Tulsa loses the first game of the year to Lamar. Like, that can't happen. This conference needs that middle of the pack to get better, including UConn. UConn cannot just keep being irrelevant which they are like, they've just been irrelevant in the conference and on a national landscape. Like, yeah, they had the run to the, to the title in 20, 2014, but that's the aberration. Like it, it's very much the aberration to what UConn has been. And they're supposed to be the flag bearer for this conference. And until they become UConn again, I don't think that this conference will be a true, you know, power seven conference.
1: And this is, this could be a very, very easy question, but what, Is like the major problem with UConn is just they're not getting people to come there anymore. Is it Kevin Ollie? Like, what's the issue? Kevin Ollie's a terrible coach.
2: Like, he's he's one of the worst. Like, who has he developed as a head coach? Like, you heard all this stuff about him as an assistant coach developing players. Who has he developed as a head coach? You can, you can, yes, you can, you can mark up injuries, but they haven't been injured every year. Um, where is this, you know, his offensive scheme is atrocious. It's, you know, I'm pretty sure I could find a, a good handful of people that I know that just watch a bunch of basketball that could put together a better offensive system than him. Like he's a great defensive coach, but I, I just I, He's easily the worst coach to ever win a national title. It'll take a lot for that to, to, to not be him anymore. Um, I, you know, I, people love hanging on to that, but you know, at the same time, people that aren't Kevin Ollie fans will say he won it because Shabazz Napier pretty much just said, you know, I'm not listening to you. I'm putting my team on my back and we're doing what we have, which I've heard those stories that kind of happened. Like there was a mutiny and it was him going, Hey, we learned this from Kemba. We can do this by ourselves. And other people that don't like him will say, um, You know, he won with Calhoun's players. So it's an important year or two for him. Like, you know, me personally, if I'm a UConn fan, I'd like to see them get someone else in there. But you know, it's it's UConn, and they, you know, he's one of their own, so they, you know, they they
1: kind of love that. Yeah, that's so I was gonna ask. Is is this like do or die season, or is they still kind of playing with kid gloves with him? I mean, for me, it should be like if if
2: they miss the tournament again, how do you like how do you keep them around? If you're this if you're this program, and I, you know, there have been one of the ten best programs in the country for the last decade, or really probably since like two thousand. So you're talking two decades here now. You know, at some point you have to be that program. Like you can't just rely on well, we got hot 2014 and won a title. I, you know, I, he should to me he should have been gone after last year just because I've never seen the development. I don't. I, I just don't think he's that good of a coach. Um, I think they're better out there. But I also don't know what UConn's going to get. Like we've never seen a coaching sh- search at UConn. Like it was it was Calhoun for 50 years and then him just saying okay, well now it's Kevin Ollie. So, you know, it's not like Stores Connecticut is the easiest place in the world to, you know, to go to. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's cold. It's dreary. It's, you know, it, it's Stores. It's not a vacation spot. It's not, you know, something like that. So I don't know who they'll get. Um, I, I'm intrigued. Like, I, I'm very intrigued to see them go through a coaching search. So I, you know, but it has to be do or die. I, you know, I just don't know how UConn fans can sit there and really be happy with Kevin
1: Ollie. Yeah, last year, 16 and 17 overall is not UConn style. Um, Let's go to the Big East conference that year in and year out, even with the transformations it's made. It's like when FS1 says we got Big East basketball, it's usually a great watch. Like, it's good stuff to watch. So what are we looking at this year? Because they send, what, six, seven, eight teams to the tournament almost yearly for the most part.
2: Yeah, it's the second-best conference in America, I think. Um, uh, You know, they're – they have eight teams that all have a shot at making the tournament this year. Uh, St. John's has the talent. Can Chris Mullen, you know, coach it up? Um, Villanova, who is the top five team in the country. Xavier and Seton Hall. I have his two top 15 teams in the country. Um, I mean, the it, this conference is so deep that Butler might be the eighth best team. Wow. Right, right. So it's like, you just don't expect that. But who knows? Like, it's a... Uh, it's deep, and I, I, you know, I think there's a clear top four. I think there's a clear one in Nova. I think it's a fairly clear two and three in Xavier and Seton Hall, however you like them. Clear four in Providence, and then five through eight are wide open. And then it's DePaul and Georgetown who just, you know, aren't good. So I, I'm really intrigued because this game, this conference, again, round robin. We get to see everybody play home and home. Um, and there's gonna, I mean, there's not gonna be that many bad games in the Big East this year.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to keep bringing up every bad team, but uh, we just talked about UConn. Georgetown's been in a funk lately too. How long are they going to be able to put up with that consistency in a, in a conference or a team that expects to win in basketball? Well,
2: I mean, we saw them get rid of John Thompson the third, but until honestly, until John Thompson Jr. dies, like it's which is kind of be what it is. Like, kind of hard to get rid of him as a program, or, or you know, get his voice out as a program when you have a $25 million building in his name that is in its first year this year, um, kind of hard to get around that. So, yeah, you know, kind
1: of big yeah, problem. so,
2: you know, who knows? Like you give Ewing a chance, maybe he excels. Um, uh, but until, you know, John Thompson Sr. dies, uh, it's just kind of hard to, to, to ignore his voice. Makes sense.
1: Now let's uh, wrap up the big power conference. I know that's Pac- a very
2: dark statement.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I w- everybody knows what you're, what you're trying to say. There's no yeah. biggie. Um, Pac-12, you've already mentioned Oregon reloading. Arizona's always in the mix. Yeah. What are we looking for? Uh, no, no Lonzo ball in town. So. Yeah. So Where-
2: it, it's, it's, it's a top four for me. And then, then just a whole bunch of nothing question marks, the rest of the conference. Um, you know, Arizona, top four team in the country, really good. Uh, Alonzo Trier is a National Player of the Year candidate. DeAndre Ayton might be a National Player of the Year candidate, top five pick. Um, I, I like them a lot. You know, they have a strong freshman class, a good good experience returning. You know, that I know Parker Jackson Cartwright catches a lot of heat. I give him a little bit of heat, too, for even, like, turn the ball over a lot. But he's a senior point guard. Um, like I mentioned, Trier. Sean Miller, like, yes, he did get absolutely outcoached by Chris Mack last year. So that's what people remember. And all the, you know, elite eight fails, but he's still a great coach. Um, And after that, you know, I like USC a lot, man. I think USC, even with DeAnthony Melton sitting out right now due to eligibility questions, they're deep enough to make a Final Four. Like, Mm -hmm. they're, I, I think they're, I have them top six in the country right now. Um I just put out my my top twenty five. I do mine every Monday as well on my blog, and I I had them six. So it's like I I really like this USC team, man. Like you get Derek Thornton in there is a, like, coming off the bench as a backup point guard. Like have NBA talent, ben, a ton of height. You can get real versatile with your your um with your rotations and your lineup. Like Benny Bolt right on the wing is a six eleven wing. You just don't see that too often in college basketball, and he can really shoot the ball. You know, uh, Chemezi Metu is NBA talent good. Elisha Stewart, Jordan McLaughlin. Like, I just just like them a lot. Um, And, like, you know, and kind of like a lot of pools I've been in, I took them as, like, my, uh, you know, as a team, just because I think that they're a little under the radar just because people don't think USC basketball. Um, And then after that, you have UCLA and Oregon as, you know, somewhere between, you know, 16 and 30-type teams. So, but after that, you know, I don't know, I don't know what team makes a jump. Like somebody has to jump up and be that fifth team. I think Stanford could do it with uh Reed Travis, who's one of the more underrated players in the country, as long as he's healthy. You know, can Colorado figure something out? Can, you know, can Oregon State they might be able to put something together? But to me, that conference really needs a fifth team to emerge. Like it's not a good look if you they only send four teams and it's four, you know, fringe top
1: twenty five teams. You know, when you, when, you, when you title yourself the Conference of Champions, you might want yeah. to show up with some talent. But uh, the USC thing, that's good to hear because in years past, when we've done the previews with you or just I've read previews before that, it's always been like USC's got all this talent. Now can they do it? And they just don't do it. So it's good to hear that there actually looks like it might actually happen this year. Well,
2: and this is the first year. Like, we've never seen the USC team this talented. Like, we just haven't. So it's... It, 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 this is something different. Um, we haven't seen anything like like this. Um, and definitely, you know, I'm confident in saying it's in my lifetime, even though OJ Mayo years, we haven't seen something like this.
1: Well, that's good to hear because OJ Mayo teams work good. Um, so you had the Big East as the second strongest conference. Was it the ACC as your top conference in basketball? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it's ACC as the top when you look at number of title
2: contenders there, um, you know it is still deep. That you know they'll still send eight teams or something like that into the into the tournament too. So I, I think it's I think it's deep.
1: Let's talk about some mid major teams. You got Gonzaga with their final four run. They did their thing. They're they're looking you know like Gonzaga, and they got St. Mary's getting better and better. Preseason top twenty five school. People expect expect them to take an even bigger jump. So they're not really mid majors anymore you got monmouth who's been coming on and some other programs what are some of the teams get like a couple teams that we're looking at mid-major wise this year to really make a run and scare some teams
2: yeah so i really like that yale team until we found out that makai mason was hurt again and um they lost uh oh shit his the other kids miss, uh skipping my name but he was gonna be a, fr- uh, a starter as well uh, jordan Bruner, i think his name is But Mackay Mason is a guy that, you know, we saw what he did against Baylor. We saw what he did against Duke and then say tournament two years ago. Missed last year with a stress fracture out this year for what looks like a couple months. If he can ever be healthy this year, I like that Yale team a lot. Um, College of Charleston, who's playing Wichita State tonight. I think they are, they might be the best men major out there. If not, they're in the top five. Vermont, we saw what happened with them at Kentucky yesterday. That wasn't a fluke. Vermont's that good. Trayvon Haynes can play almost anywhere in the country. Anthony Lamb can play almost anywhere in the country. John Becker is who I thought Georgetown should have hired if they could have went outside of the um, John Thompson coaching tree. I I really, really like that Vermont team. Um, You know, I, I like Bucknell and Belmont are two other teams to kind of keep an eye on. I don't necessarily consider these guys a mid-major either, but Nevada and San Diego State and Boise State and Wyoming, the top four out in the Mountain West this year is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But again, I I think they're kind of in that in-between land of like day 10 of not being a mid-major, but people still call them mid-majors. You know, like tonight at 11:30 Eastern, uh, Nevada's hosting Rhode Island. People are saying, like, oh, that's a great mid-major game. And it's like, no, no, no. That's just two really good, like, fringe top twenty-five teams. Not shocking me if both end up in the top twenty-five at some point this year. So, um, but if you're talking true mid-majors, like, you know, Yale and Harvard and the Ivy, even Princeton, um, like I said, uh, Charleston, uh, Bucknell, Belmont, um, Vermont, and uh, my guys out west, Grand Canyon, man. Damn Harley coach team, they um They've never finished third in the WAC, and this is their first year eligible for the uh, postseason. So, and they play a tough non-conference. So, I would keep an eye on those teams if you're looking for kind of that 12 to 15 seed team.
1: It's been pretty crazy watching what Musselman's done there at Nevada. They've really turned yeah. that. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, now, speaking of the Mountain West, they' you named those four teams out there really, really good. In years past, when you look at like St. Mary's and Gonzaga and the West Coast together. You almost had to have the automatic bid, even if they were both good. One might sneak in. Mountain West wise, how many could possibly get in, or is it really you have to win it all and then hope basically?
2: So I, th- I think they can get two in this year, um, just because they play you know they play a little bit better schedule than like the WCC and and things like that. So you know I think you're looking at like Nevada and San Diego State would be my two picks to get in, but you know let's say. You know, any combination of those four, I would not be surprised
1: to see um, two bids come from there. Okay. Um, we kind of already mentioned new faces, new places, and whatnot. But are there any players that aren't on the radar right now that you expect to be on the radar come season's end? Who? Um, two guys who who
2: missed their season openers: Rob Gray from Houston and Jalen Adams from. St. Bonaventure are two guys that I think could pop up on, a you know, like a third-team All-American or something like that. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some other, like, you know, the guy that I really like this year is Dante DiVincenzo from, from Villanova. Uh, I think he kind of makes that jump. Um, you know, your Wisconsin guys, I, I I like Dimitri Trice a lot. I I, I think he can kind of be – he's not going to blow anybody away with numbers-wise, but I think he's just kind of like that consistent point guard that Wisconsin usually has. Um, Carson Edwards from Purdue, I think he might end up being their best player, uh, when it's all said and done over at Maryland. I think Kevin Herter is a guy that has the potential to pull a Luke Kennard, um, because he's known for being a shooter, but really he's a playmaker. Even when he's not shooting the ball, like he's an excellent passer. So he kind of has a, that like Kennard tendency in that sense. Um, so I think those are kind of some guys that could break, quote break out this year.
1: Who are your top, say, three or four player of the year candidates, and who do you have winning it come season's end? So I picked Jalen Brunson to win it
2: in in my preview. Um, It's contrarian, but, you know, I think Brunson – I mean, I don't think – Brunson was better than Josh Hart last year in the Big East. Uh, The question was, was it because teams were taking away Josh Hart or was it the development of Brunson? Or, you know, what I think was just kind of a combination of both. I think he, you know, he has the capability to be the guy. Um, he's probably the smartest player in college basketball, and he's been that way just because of his dad, uh, Rick Brunson. Um, so I picked him. The obvious favorites: Miles Bridges, like he's the best player in college basketball. Um, you know, and then I mentioned like Trier. I think Marvin Bagley and Grayson Allen. One of those two could could be in there. Um, kind of a sneaky pick, like Trayvon Blewett. Like he might average like twenty four a game this year. So I think you're kind of looking at that group, and there's gonna be somebody like Devontae Graham. He might be in there. There's gonna be somebody like that always ends up happening that's off the radar, like Frank Mason, that ends up winning this thing. Um, So we'll see. You know, at the end of like next week, there'll be a name on. You'll see a name pop up, and you're like, "All right, this is the one to kind of keep keep the eye on."
1: Is Grayson Allen finally going to be leaving Duke after this year?
2: Yeah. So like, he's not even the, the. I do the how-the-hell-are-they-in-college team every year.
0: Yeah.
2: And, like, he wasn't even the first three or four I thought of. Like, he's definitely on the team. Um, But, like, Jalen West – and I know, like, Jalen West is a really, like, college basketball junkie type name because he's at Northwestern State. It's his seventh year of college basketball.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's, like
2: – it's due to injury, so, like, I feel bad making fun of him. But it's, like, the dude's been in college forever. Um I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who are some other names out there. I think I had Devonte Graham out there because like he's been at Kansas for a while. Um, I'm pulling up the list here of just some of the other names that that really, really stuck out to me this year. Um, I'm trying to find it here so he he's gone, but yeah dude like there' are some other there are some other guys that have been in college Connor Frank Camp that's who I was thinking of, from Wichita State, the transfer from Kansas. Grayson Allen's gonna catch a lot of heat for being in college forever, but there are some dudes that have been in college
1: longer than him. It's just like Duke always has that guy. He's like the, he's like their wojo right now. I'm just gonna stick around forever, yep. so it sticks out. Um, who's your surprise team that's not going to make the tournament? I honestly
2: have no idea. Like I, I know it's a cop out, but it's not a bad thing. Like that's like I keep looking thing. at it, and it's like I, I you're you're not the first person to ask me this question. They're like. Well, who in the top twenty-five was um is not gonna make the tournament? I'm like, well, I don't know because I wouldn't rank them in the top twenty five if I thought so. So True. <laughs> right. So it's like I, I just don't know. Like there's gonna be a team, like there's gonna be a team, and I just I can't figure out who it is. Um, you know, I, I I'm thinking is there somebody like in the you know, thirty to forty range that everyone's talking about that might not make it, but I honestly have no, I honestly have no idea because, like I said, if if I thought there was somebody, I wouldn't rank them in the top twenty-five.
1: Yeah, that that's actually one of the better answers I've heard when I've heard people ask that question is, if I wouldn't rank them if I did, right. like okay. that's why, like even in like football, you say, why are we doing rankings preseason? It's the same thing in basketball and any sport. We're ranking them because they're supposed to be the best, right? <laughs> so- like they're like, well, you're not high, like like Purdue, like Purdue's probably the one team that I don't have
2: in the top 25 that a lot of people do. Well, I still think they're going to make the tournament. I just don't think they're one of the 25 best teams in the country. So it's like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can't even think of a team that I'm like, oh no, like they're definitely not making it.
1: That's funny. No, that's well said. No, I've never heard that answer. It's so true. <laughs> um, Galen, who's your final four prediction and your champion in San Antonio this year? So I think it's going to be a little weird in the final four.
2: Like it's, it's, it's very open this year in college basketball. I think you see – Two like names that everyone's kind of talking about now. What two of those? I, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, I'm gonna go I, Villanova and which and um and Michigan State will be my two picks for those those teams. And then I think you see a kind of a, a tier two, tier three type team. Um, to me, it's like Miami or USC. And uh, and then I think you see a team like a six seed end up making the tournament. That would not – or the final four. That would not shock me this year. And I also think my other, like, quote, hot take is I think you'll see a coach finally – or a team finally get over the hump, whether it's Mike Bray, whether it's Sean Miller, you know, one of those teams, one of those coaches are finally going to break through. So I'll go a final four of – and these are – I do not think these are the four best teams. I just think something weird is going to happen. So I'll go – I'll go Villanova, Michigan State. I'll go USC and Miami.
1: Got go to- Michigan State winning it?
2: I got Villanova over
1: Michigan State. Villanova, your winner. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Be a good game. Um, all right, let's ask a couple other questions that aren't really more preview stuff, but everybody knows the bombshell that dropped, that kind of when you thought you had a couple more weeks to relax before the season started really got, your, got you a little yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, Adidas got, uh, got in some trouble with Louisville, Arizona, and others. What's the latest and greatest coming out of that whole scandal?
2: Honestly, no idea, and no one does. Like Anybody who says they have some sort of scoop is a liar. Like, they're just saying it to make, make noise out of their mouth. The FBI investigated for two and a half years without anybody knowing, and now all of a sudden people have sources in the FBI –
1: <laughs> exactly
2: give me a damn break like you haven't talked to anybody i forget who it was there was some national guy i i forget who it was it, I, I, I don't want to put it pin on the wrong guy i think yeah. i thought it was dan Wolk, wetzel but i i might be wrong there and there was like five weeks ago and the tweet was a hearing that more news will be coming out we'll hear something within two weeks about other teams well we haven't heard anything because guess what you talk to nobody. You just made an assumption. Or you talk to some, like, assistant coach being like, yeah, we're all nervous. Well, something's going to happen. Like, no, man. Like, nobody knows. Like, the FBI isn't – it's a federal investigation. They don't give a damn about college basketball. They don't give a damn about the NCAA. They don't give a damn about, like, anything besides trying this federal investigation. So in terms of, like, what's going on, I have no idea. No, Nobody does the indictment happened um, and i believe it's next week that more will happen in terms of like courtrooms and everything like that i believe it's next week so but that's the only thing we know like we don't know who else is being investigated we don't know what people know we don't know what what's going on so right now it's just seeing wait like that's what we're seeing that's what that's what's happening with with players like they're just sitting out because they're not there's eligibility question because nobody knows.
1: Yeah. Um, cause it was, it was wild. Like everything happened for like three days. It was just all the buzz. And then it was just kind of, you know, minus the Patino and the Louisville kind of suing each other. It got really, really quiet. Right. Um, and at that point, cause we all know, like, I'm not going to say dirty is not the right word, but it might be almost everything in college sports has something that shouldn't be done basically. Um, everybody is guilty of something.
0: Yeah,
2: everybody, quote, cheats, even though it's not cheating. Like,
1: this is just – that's the
2: way the – you know what? It's the way college is. It's just – It's a business. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, it's, it's – what they do. Not everyone's um, getting $100,000, but everyone's getting something.
1: If you had to make a guess, what's the next, let's say, brand that gets in trouble? Because there's Nike, there's Under Armour, there's all of them. What's the next one? I'm guessing Nike, but I could be wrong. Yeah,
2: I mean – just because the guy had hot, like the guy used to work at Nike that was indicted, so I, maybe there. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's the it's the biggest name, so I I, I guess that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and there's only like you said, there's limited options. It's them or Under Armour. Yeah, like you know, Reebok's not really out there. You know, there, yeah. there really aren't any other any other sports or any other brands out there. So, I, I you know, it's a fifty fifty guess. If someone else gets busted, I'll I guess I'll guess Nike.
1: Yeah, it makes sense um a couple others what as a as a basketball junkie that you are what were what was your you know first impression when they announced no 24 hours tournament or it day? sucked
2: like give me daytime give me daytime betting like i love daytime yeah. games they're the best like
1: the we best. need a conference <laughs> to, like
2: we need a conference to pull a mac like mac football where they just dominate weekday like weeknight games we need one conference to play a weekday game, like, one per week at least, or two per week where every like every team in the conference plays one at on home, one on road. And I think we'd be fine with that. Like, that's – it's an extra, you know, you're talking what, the 14-team conference, extra 28 games. Um, That'd be good. So, it, it just sucked, man. Like, I, I always look forward to it. You know, I always liked, like, the Manhattan playing at 7 a.m. or something crazy like that. So – you know, unfortunately, I, I understand it. You know, people weren't tuning into that. Like <laughs> people like the concept of it, but people weren't tuning in. So I understand it, uh, but it sucks.
1: Yeah. And last question for you. Um, tell us a little about your Grand Canyon uh, s- subject matter and kind of you're following the whole year of them. What are you kind of doing with this? Yeah, so it's the way
2: that I've kind of talked about it. It's, it's Friday Night Lights with worse writing. Um, because <laughs> like I'm following the team, obviously, but I'm trying to capture it from the team aspect. Like I talked to uh, somebody else in the athletic department who put together Midnight Madness, so like kind of their story with the team. Um, you know, I- I'll be talking to fans and catching their their sides of the story. So it- it's more journal entry. Um, you know, the first couple sto- the first couple ones were long. This last one was like a video that that was put together. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, and yeah, so it's their first year eligible for the postseason. Um, they have a crazy, crazy home court advantage, like crazy schedule, like they hosted Louisville. Um, you know, this year they're playing the Illinois, St. John's, Louisville. So, you know, they challenge themselves. They're they're good too. And uh they're coached by by Dan Marley. So it's uh a name that you know everyone our age remembers and knows. So you know I just kind of clicked that, hey, this could be a cool thing to kinda of, kind of follow along because you know it's Northern Kentucky last year made the tournament for their first year eligible, but it was kind of a surprise like they were the four seed in the Horizon League, not like they were you know coming in with a whole whole lot of hype. Grand Canyon is coming in with a decent amount of hype in terms of mid majors, so I just kind of clicked, and so yeah, just kind of following them and usually usually once a week putting together
1: something um something on them. Well, no, it sounds awesome. When I saw the concept, I was a, a big fan of that. It's, it's just cool seeing that, you know, the teams are not, they aren't showcased all the time. So, right. It, right. A really cool idea. Well, Rex, I appreciate it. We ran through all of that and got a lot of good info in there. So really, really good stuff. I appreciate you for joining me again. Um, we'll try to do a little March madness talk like last year when that rolls around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, man. You can, Check out his work. Like you said, he's on Barstool. He's, it's, he's got like almost at least one or multiple articles a day, it seems like, these days. He's cranking them out. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Barstool Regs R-E-A-G-S. Um, and check out his podcast, Fundamentally Sound. It's with him and Ben Brust, a former Wisconsin Badger basketball player. Really good stuff they have going there, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased, but <laughs> it is a really, really good college basketball podcast. So check all that out. But, uh, again, Regs, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 58, college basketball preview. We'll catch you guys later.